Let us pray. O God of grace and mercy, you did not leave us to ourselves, but set your Holy Spirit that we might know you and that we might do deeds of power through you. Grant us the grace to hear you afresh and see you anew in the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? This question asked Philip in this gospel today pricks at my heart. I would like to think that I know Jesus, that I would be able to recognize Jesus unlike the disciples, that my faith, unlike that of others, is unshakable. While this would be painting a flattering self-portrait, in reality it would be one full of pride, arrogance, and denial. In fact, I know that this question is being asked of me and possibly you. Have I been with you all this time and still you do not know me? There's a beautiful hymn lyric. It goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. But it says, but we make God's love too narrow with false limits of our own. It could be that this is the culprit and part of why I, and possibly you, might not know God in God's fullness. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of making God small enough to fit into the confines of my little life and into the confines of my mind. Instead of allowing myself to enter into the breadth and depth of God. In some ways, the Pentecost story with its flaming tongues is about this very same breaking down of barriers. You see, God will not be confined by a certain language, and so he becomes transcendent of it. Suddenly, the words we are using are one and the same. And this is not an erasure, it's not a homogeneous system imposed by an empire on another people. Rather, it's a wide open embrace, God meeting us exactly where we are, however we are, in our fear, our guilt, doubt, shame, what have you. And in this way, that God meets us, language seems particularly significant. We talk about our mother tongue, not just because language is learned from our parents, but also because there's something about language and the culture that it perpetuates, that is soul deep. It is key to our identity. 
It connects us to our mothers and grandmothers. It connects us to our ancestors. I recently read a reflection by a Hawaiian woman on Pentecost. Her name is Jazzy Bostock. And it's so beautiful, I wanted to share it with you. You see, when Jazzy was nine years old, she moved from England, her father's country, to Hawaii, her mother's country. And her mom, for years, had been trying to explain to the family that they were kanaka maole. I can't speak Hawaiian, but that means indigenous people. But from an ocean away, her words really didn't have any meaning for Jazzy when they were in England. She understood herself solely to be British. After all, she was at Brighton College and she wore a uniform just like all the other English children. But shortly after they moved to Hawaii, Lilani, Jazzy's younger sister, was enrolled in a Hawaiian preschool and it had an immersion program. And so it became a family experience complete with gardening every Friday and expectations of cleaning the classroom once a month and Wednesday night language classes. So sitting there in that classroom on the two small ch chairs in the lingering heat of the afternoon sun, Jazzy first heard the language of her mother's people. She heard it all at once strung together in sentences of vowels cascading over each other in ways that sounded rich and full-bodied. She had only ever before heard just pieces, like drips from a kitchen faucet, and all of a sudden she found herself swimming in a soft, salty, open ocean not understanding the cool blue water that enveloped her in the language of her mother, that something in her was soothed and at peace. Something in her was connected. Something in her felt like it had finally come home. This is the way that God speaks to us and longs to have relationship with us. In God's fullness, we're swimming in an open ocean connected to something that feels like home. And the ways that are soul deep, that connect us to who we've been and who we are and who we will be. It's in this moment of Pentecost when tongues of fire appeared over the heads of the disciples that God breaks down the barriers between what is divine and what is worldly, between what is sacred and what is profane, between what is me and what is you. Suddenly, we can understand each other perfectly. Suddenly, I see you for who you really are, for the perfect image of God in which you are cast. And there are no barriers. You are God and so am I. And we are talking to each other, 
sharing in this transcendence that is God. Because we've allowed God to be big and deep and wide and broad. And God is doing a new thing. Let me say it again. God is doing a new thing. But that question keeps rolling around. Have I been with you all this time and still you do not know me? I don't know about you, but I miss God because I don't expect or look for the new things that God is doing. I don't look for God in creation anew. Now I expect to find God in church, maybe, but I forget to see the breath of the divine in the dewy spring grass. Or I expect to find God in my morning daily prayer time, maybe. But I forget to see the divine fingerprints in the kindness of a stranger like the homeless man yesterday passing me saying, have a good afternoon, ma'am. I miss the ways that God is always with me because I can find God with my own limits with my own thinking. I stop seeing God traveling with me because I build walls around where God should be and shouldn't. I dictate where I think God belongs. Maybe you do that too. But instead of building up these walls, we're challenged by today's gospel lesson to be open to seeing to being open to seeing God in new ways, to seeing glory moments, we might call them. Jesus asked us to open our eyes wider, to see anew where is God in our lives, in the midst of the holy and the profane. In doing so, we must heed Jesus' advice. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. I find an irony that the lectionary pairs these readings, one about flaming tongues of fire with a, a reading that commands us to not be afraid. We need both. Sometimes a new movement of God can be scary. It can be unfamiliar, and it takes us outside of who we think God to be. And it opens us up to who God is. As our barriers are broken down, we must hold on to the promise of God. Beautiful promise of peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Hold on. And when our barriers and our limitations are broken, there will be an element of the unknown. And yet, in this unknown, we will be embraced. Swimming in an ocean of God, feeling as if we have finally come home. Glory to God. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.